This is a gin household. I'm so. with you on that. Damn, I love a tequila shot. <laughs> yeah. I like, can't relate. Can't relate. Can't relate. Hello, friends. Hi, lovely listeners. Sleepover Squad. Mm. Our lovely, lovely <laughs> listeners. Thank you for coming back for another installment of August After Dark. Yes, it's been so fun. It's been so steamy. Mm-hmm. We've definitely been enjoying your comments and DMs about it. We're glad you're enjoying this theme month so far. We have a very special episode in store for you today with a lovely guest. We were able to connect with this amazing person through TikTok, lovely Y2K community on TikTok. Yes. You might know them as Lonely Boy Journals or George. Yes. Um, will be joining us today. Yeah, we just finished recording. We had such a blast. Such a lovely human. So sweet. Um, before we dive in, we just want to knock out a couple more of our reviews from you guys. We are so close to being caught up. We're almost yes. there. Yes. So our first review is from Sarah. Thank you so much for your kind words. And we chose like a rousing Mm -hmm. little song to get you going. Yes. No Sleep Tonight by The Faders. Yes. Oh, God. This song is so good. You mentioned She's the Man and Bed Did Like Beckham and Bring It On in your review. So we were like... We simply must go with a song from one of those iconic soundtracks. And what is more iconic than Amanda Bynes on the beach kicking the soccer ball through the hoop? Picture it. No Sleep Tonight's playing. You're at some sort of like weird town festival. We all have them. And you're like having a snack with your girls and you're like riding carnival rides. Maybe there's cotton candy involved and you're just having a freaking blast. Maybe you, like, have a little eye contact with a potential love interest in the crowd. Maybe you, like, do something cheeky, say something flirty. Yeah, you're having, like, a hot, confident night. Like, you're on your your game, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Next up, we have a review from TudorFan12. Thank you so much for your kind words. So in your review, you said that listening to the pod feels like you're hanging out with friends. And we were like, okay, you're hanging out with friends. You're at a sleepover. You're doing the frozen bra. You're ordering the pizza. You're painting your nails. And what's playing in the background? That's what girls do. Classic. Classic. You are having a blast. Mm -hmm. You don't care who's watching. You're just with your friends till the ons. Yes. And... You're going all out for your sleepover. Exactly. Next, we have Kara, our Spencer. She DM'd us a couple of, you know, inklings to get our get the creative juices mm-hmm. flowing. You said you were a Hillary Duff fan, so we had to do it to you. So we said, say no more. <laughs> we said, shut up, Kara. No, absolutely <laughs> joking. But we did give you Wake Up by Hillary Duff. You are having an amazing night you are jet setting you said club Mm. bus another club club, plane (laughs) you are all out you're all in you are the girl with the gray goose at the club oh yeah and you're wearing the most incredible outfit you've ever put on your body in your entire life yeah yeah and lastly we have a review from m1104 16 Thank you so much for your kind words. In your review, you said that the What a Girl Wants episode is what drew you in. And we were like, okay, What a Girl Wants, transformation story, coming of age story. So we chose the song 
First by Lindsay Lohan. A classic Lohan bop. People forget that she had a music career. Mm -hmm. You're feeling powerful. Maybe you're walking down the hallway at school or at work Mm. and you're like, yeah, I got this promotion. I got this new job. You are in the zone. Mm -hmm. You are intelligent. You are powerful. You're exuding self motivation and self-love yeah you're coming first hell yeah so thank you so much for the reviews you guys it means so much to us they are so wonderful to read we have another round coming at you next week so stay tuned also if you are not in canada or the u.s and you've left us a review let us know let us know either what country you're in or send Mm -hmm. us a screenshot so we can check it out because i do try and check them frequently but sometimes i miss them so always DM us and let us know. And with that being said, I think we should just dive into the episode. Yeah, let's jump in there. Well, well, well. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to August After Dark. I feel like I want like some saucy like drums or like horns in the background, but we don't have the budget for that. No, like some, you know, that thing you, um, it's not called a whisk. It's like a rake that you put on the drums. Oh, yes. So it goes like, shh, like yeah. that type of thing. Yeah. Clearly we're professionals, so. Yes. Um, we hope you've had a really saucy, sensual August so far. Yeah. Um, and we're keeping the good times rolling. Absolutely. We have a very special guest on the pod today. You may have seen on your TikTok for you page some fabulous film journaling. Please welcome our good friend George, aka Lonely Boy Journals, to the pod. Hey, hey guys, how we doing? Thank you so much for joining us today. It's a pleasure. I already told you guys that I'm playing it cool but I'm screaming on the inside. I'm truly <laughs> screaming on the inside. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, I love your TikToks. They're so, like, I literally just, like, keep watching them, like, 10 at a time because it's so visually mm-hmm. pleasing. How did you get the idea to do these, like, scrapbook pages of movies? Um. Well, you know, like most, this pandemic, you know, I turned to TikTok for some pleasure <laughs> viewing pleasure yeah. and uh yeah no i came across journaling tiktok which was really fascinating to me um, different creative people really journaling and mm-hmm. specifically movie journaling tiktok mm-hmm. so i was like let me try that and i did i posted a video and it kind of like got some attention and i decided just to keep going with it um my style is more like scrapbooking, collaging, mm-hmm. penmanship really isn't my thing. So I'm just like, I want to capture the best moments of these movies, my favorite movies on a page and, you know, just kind of have it. I love that. And it's so much fun creating these. Yeah, it's so much fun creating these and talking about these awesome movies with people on TikTok. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. so cool to see the process, how it goes, like seeing where you place things. And then we have like the movie clips in the background. It's so satisfying to watch. If yeah. you're not already following George, I don't know what you're doing. Open TikTok <laughs> right now and go do it. Literally, if you are a Y2K stand, you have to follow them. Absolutely. It's one in the same. Yes. Oh my God, that's exciting. I mean, this whole community, the whole movie review community is amazing. So yeah. everyone needs to delve right into that. <laughs> Absolutely. Do you have a favorite uh, page, a favorite scrapbook that you've done um, so far? You know, besides Coyote Ugly, 50 First Dates was like the one that really garnered some attention, oh. followed by Days and Confused. Mm-hmm. But 
super bad is the one that got like a million views no way and i was surprised yeah oh i like super bad and it was kind of a request from someone else but it popped off all right that's like really good news because that's on the horizon for us yeah I know, right? but yeah they're all like my favorite for different reasons you know oh, that's so cool mm-hmm. well in case you haven't already guessed by the title of this episode mm-hmm. we are doing the 2000 bar classic coyote ugly today (laughs) a little transition from uh the burlesque club to the moulin rouge and now we're in coyote ugly yes oh yes love it it's so good yeah i was so surprised when i saw this movie again because i honestly forgot a lot of major plot points Mm -hmm. and i was like wait isn't it just like this like young girl like moves to new york but i was like there's a lot happening there's a lot going on. I'm like Tyra Banks. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, I watch this movie like once a year and I feel like every year I find something new that I didn't even discover. Like mm-hmm. all these like surprise little cameos in there. We'll go over that. But uh, it's surprising. There's a lot of mm-hmm. cool people and a lot of talented people in this movie. Yes. Um, oh, definitely. The actor who plays Kevin. Oh my God. Christina. Stu Wolf. <laughs> Stu Wolf. I was literally like, why is this man so familiar? Why does this man look so familiar? And Christina was like, Mariah, it's a little foggy, a little oh soggy. <laughs> I was like, holy shit. Exactly. Why is he so much hotter with shorter hair? He is infinitely hotter yeah, like- in this movie. It's insane. <laughs> yeah. He's stupid hot in this movie. I was like, this. Oh, my God. I wasn't prepared for this. No. I was emotionally it's good. It's like, ready it's for this. It's not intimidating. It's like approachable hot. You know, it's like. Mm. Yeah. I got a chance with that. Yes. <laughs> that charming Australian accent. We love an Aussie. I, like, yes, I love it. Yeah. I would be like absolutely down to go be a fishmonger with them at like six in the morning <laughs> all sorts of fish yeah. <laughs> we uh we did do a little bit of research we mm-hmm. found some alternate castings so they were considering jessica simpson britney spears yeah. jewel and feruza balk for oh, violet so Bold. surprised about feruza balk that yeah. would have been an interesting coyote ugly yeah <laughs> very different like i could see her playing like a rachel character no problem exactly definitely a rachel but britney spears it sounds like it would have been just like crossroads the sequel or like crossroads takes yes. new york definitely the sequel we need really it similar the sequel we'll never get <laughs> yeah this is also the same writer as princess diaries one and two and Wild. for that i say <laughs> how i say what are you thinking what's inside your head a literal genius i believe that they also wrote the perfect man starring oh. hillary duff oh wow not a lot of people talk about that movie, but it's a good one. I haven't seen that one in years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we also did a little bit of research into the original Coyote Ugly Bar, which the movie is based off of. It was owned by Liliana Lavelle. The first one opened on 1st and 10th in New York City. Now it's a franchise. They're all over the world. Mm-hmm. And the New York location has moved to 14th between 2nd and 3rd. So any of our New York listeners, if you want to go visit the bar, let us know how it is. They just opened that, right? Yeah. And I think when we Googled it, it's next to like an IHOP, right? Yeah. I've eaten at that IHOP before and I was like, what the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> yeah. Like it's not a cute – there's like a couple of cute bars on that street, but I'm like, 
this is such a weird placement for like a franchise bar to go. I'm sure they stay busy. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we have one over here yeah. in Tampa, the Coyote Ugly. Oh, really? In Florida. Yeah, it's in Tampa. I've never been, but it's on the bucket list. <laughs> oh, yeah. Please send us like a million pictures. Sure. Yeah, let us know. I'm I'll probably so be on curious. the bar. <laughs> I'll <laughs> yeah. probably be singing one way or another. <laughs> oh, you gotta. Yeah. It uh it kind of reminded me of this bar that Mo and I had gone to a couple of times in New York. It's like near Times Square, like midtown area called Johnny Utah's. And we oh, would only go there. My fucking <laughs> I think I don't remember Johnny Utah's because I was like literally blacked out every time. Yeah. We would go there because if you ride the mechanical bull, then the next week you get free – you get, like, really reduced drinks for, like, two hours and you can bring as many people as you want. You get these wristbands. So, like, one person would ride the bull and then the next week we would all go and drink for, like, $3 or something ridiculous. Literally for an hour. So you'd be drinking, like, five vodka sodas in one hour. And by we, I mean me. (laughs) (laughs) And then it's like, all right, who's going on the mechanical bull now? But it's very much that, like, kitschy kind of, like, honky-tonk vibe that is very much not New York, but yeah. it reminded me a lot of this bar. Oh, yeah. You had me a mechanical bull for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, we also found out that this movie was developed from this GQ article by the woman who wrote Eat, Pray, Love, Elizabeth yeah, Gilbert. <laughs> I, I literally don't. There's a lot of like reaching, grasping for straws right now. Like this, <laughs> the writer from Princess Diaries, Eat, Pray, Love author, like a lot of different genres are merging right now yeah world colliding this <laughs> yeah this movie's like a pop culture treasure trope absolutely it is one of those movies totally that like box office flop and then later on became a cult classic yes. and made yeah. so much money after it was in the box office yeah i made note that they actually adapted it into a reality show a tv series that aired on cmt for like three seasons where they were trying to Whoa. yeah uh Lovell, the owner, was trying to find the next best coyote. I guess they won oh, wow. a spot and like they went on tour as like the oh prize. I think Maria Bello like was like the only star from the film to actually like come to like the finale and like be a guest star on the show. But but yeah, I mean that's cool. Wow. I'm gonna need to find that on YouTube. I'm sure it's yeah. deep in the archives <laughs> of YouTube for sure. <laughs> So the opening of the film, we're in South Amboy, New Jersey. We see our young heroine, Violet. She's working her server job at the pizza place, you know, talking to her regulars. As someone who worked a lot in pizza, I felt very seen by this moment. Uh, It's her last shift. She is, you know, saying goodbye to all of her customers and her boss makes her sign her autograph so he can hang it up on his wall with all the other former employees who worked there. Who then went on to try and chase their Promising. dreams? I would literally not be interested. I would say, <laughs> yeah. this is a curse. No, thank you. Absolutely not. I must yeah. go. I reject this energy <laughs> in my life. Thank you. Yeah. So the next thing we see is um, Violet with her best friend, Gloria. You might recognize her from um, the movie whose name I can't remember. She's with Drew Barrymore. Ever After. Ever After. She was the nice stepsister. Yes. yes. Love her. And she throws this little goodbye party for Violet in this bowling alley. 
and does a goodbye speech since she's moving to New York City tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And she's like, Violet, get up on stage. And she tells Violet to sing for them. She sings, I Will Survive. Um, super reluctant at first. We can see that it's going to be a thing, that she has stage fright. But mm-hmm. everyone sings along, so they have this like little cute little moment before she goes off to dirty New York City. <laughs> All right. So basically, we cut to Violet's dad. He's reading a headline, a New York City headline, about people being killed. He's <laughs> clearly not excited about her leaving. <laughs> and it's pretty clear that she is the head of the household. Yeah. Like, she's the matriarch of the family. Like, she basically is like serving him egg whites yeah she reminds him to like stick to his diet no fast food no sausage (laughs) all that she also like lined up his vitamins on the counter and even put new batteries in the remote i mean this is a grown man yeah (laughs) for sure she's got it handled (laughs) i mean i don't know how he's gonna live but he really is reluctant about her leaving. It's kind of sad. Yeah. So uh, Violet tells her father not to do the laundry. So <laughs> how often she's making the train back to do this man's laundry. I can't imagine it's often. But he reads more negative headlines trying to detroit her. He says, oh, it's interesting. Uh, it says handrails on the subway system could one day lead to an outbreak of plague. Love that for him. You don't know how right you were, John Goodman. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> he called it. Too topical. Yeah. So Violet then sits down with her dad and says that she's not going to leave without his support. And then Gloria honks, you know, the horn outside. Mm-hmm. She's there to pick her up. And Bill says that he saw what happened to her mom when she didn't make it and knows that if she were here, however, she would tell him to just shut up and wish her luck and give her a big hug. He's like, well, I won't give you a hug or wish you luck, but I will shut up. I'm like, dude, come on. Just just be nice to your daughter. Yeah, like crazy She thought. has a big life change for coming. Real, cut her some flag. She's clearly independent. So Yeah. Yeah. She, yeah clearly she's more <laughs> yeah. than capable. So they go outside. Uh, She does end up giving him a hug and he tells her to, you know, use her pepper spray, (laughs) which my parents actually wanted me to buy pepper spray when I moved to New York, but I don't think I did. Oh, I got pepper spray. My my parents Mm. like took me to Dick's Sporting Goods and bought me pepper spray. (laughs) Yeah. I remember there were some girls that came with a taser, which is actually illegal in New York. Who do you know that had a taser? What the fuck? There was like a girl in my dorm that had a taser. You hear that, man? We're loaded up. (laughs) Yeah, don't fuck with us. So Gloria then tells Bill that, you know, he's not going to be alone and they should have dinner sometime. And he's like, yeah, I'm locking the doors. (laughs) I'm like, why so crotchety, man? He is crotchety. These women are so nice. So then we cut to the Big Apple. Gloria drives Violet to her new Chinatown walk-up. And let me tell you, they try their hardest to make this apartment look like a shithole. It is a very large apartment. (laughs) It is. All right? People would kill for this fucking apartment right now. (laughs) But um, basically, it's like totally decrepit. Like the stove looks like shit. It looks like this place hasn't (laughs) been cleaned in ages. And Gloria being the true amazing best friend she is hands violet a huge wad of cash she's like i saved this up for an emergency this looks like a fucking emergency to me (laughs) so at first violet doesn't take it gloria puts it in her freezer instead 
a la Uptown Girls. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right, where she had all the money in the freezer. Yeah, I don't know what that is about, but... I just I just wonder why this is the second film we've watched <laughs> yes. this month where people are not putting their money in oh banks. My God. What's going on? I, I don't What's understand, <laughs> but neither here nor there. So <laughs> outside of the apartment, um, Violet thanks Gloria for everything. Gloria starts to get teary-eyed, and she talks about how their whole lives, they broke all the promises they made to each other to lose their virginities together, to go to college together. They never followed through on anything. And they all thought Violet would stay in Jersey and get married. But she's actually following through with this move. And she's really proud of her. Beautiful moment. I'm sure Violet feels great that she's getting like sent off with this nice speech from her friend. Um, and they hug and she heads out. Uh, so Violet um, basically just sets up her keyboard and she starts to play a song. Sis is not even like two notes in and the neighbor's already like banging on the door, <laughs> like on the walls. They're not having it. They're like, <laughs> shut up. So she decides to take the Casio up on the roof and she starts singing, but I do love you. A very nice, mm-hmm. like stripped piano ballad. The rooftop scene kind of even reminds me of movies like Raise Your Voice, you know, like. Yes. Oh, yeah. It looked like the same rooftop. I got a song in my heart. I got to get on the rooftop and sing it, you know. They did also film a lot of this movie in L.A. Yeah. Yeah, So so. I was listening to the commentary uh, with Piper Paribu, and she said all the outside shots are basically New York City. Anything inside is an L.A. soundstage. So a lot of the outside yeah. shots are really yeah. New York, but mm. honestly, I'm shocked that they just didn't like film in Toronto like every right. other movie <laughs> I've ever seen. <laughs> so then the next day, Violet, you know, she's ready to start hitting the street. She's going to make it in the city. She just goes straight to a record label to try and just drop off her demo to have Bold. it heard. And the receptionist is like, absolutely not. Delivers this monologue and says, My name is Wendy. I moved to New York when I was 21 to be a dancer, but I broke my big toe. Then I got knocked up by this actor who dumped me to join the Peace Corps. For the last 16 years, I've been raising my daughter all by myself. Then two weeks ago, she tells me that she is a bisexual and that she hates me more than any other person on this planet. Now tell me how I can help you, please, because I am dying to make your dreams come true. (laughs) She delivers it so good. (laughs) This actress was like, I have four lines. And I will be milking every single one. Make them count. So Violet, you know, goes to the next label. Again, gets totally shut down. Nobody wants to listen to her demo because she's not repped. But she can't get repped because no one will listen to her demo. So Awful. Been there. No agent. Can't see you. How the fuck do I get an agent, bitch? Yeah. But (laughs) I'm not mad. I'm not petty. So the next stop... (laughs) Um, Violet goes to a bar and she asks one of the bartenders if there's anyone that she can talk to about playing her songs. There's like live music happening in this bar, right? Yeah. The band The Calling is playing on stage. This was kind of like before their song, Wherever You Go, became famous. I was like, oh my God, I know that band. There's a lot of hidden bops in this movie. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. True. So she's like, yeah, my songs. How do I make this happen? And he tells her that he's been a struggling saxophone player for years. And Violet's like, all right, I'm just going to order a Pepsi and some crackers. I'm like, that is the saddest meal I've ever heard. 
but okay. <laughs> and she sees this guy in the crowd who's like talking to everyone. He's like, hey, what's up? How are you? She's like, oh my God, who's that? And the bartender is like, oh my God, it's Mr. O'Donnell. Uh, that's our music manager. He's in charge of finding new talent and booking bands. And then what do we see? Mr. O'Donnell fucking suit up in his apron and go to the line and be the cook that he is. He's flipping them turkey burgers and he's not burning them, all right? He's not. Yeah. Um, so Violet is basically hanging out outside by like a newsstand um, when she sees Kevin, the bartender, and some other girls basically emerge from the Fiji Mermaid Club that's like the name of the club he works at mm-hmm. so she goes up to kevin and she introduces herself she gets a little bold um she hands him her her tape and she says she knows it's not the most professional way to submit herself but it's pretty new to her so she's just like going for it trying to take a chance mm-hmm. and being the manager of the club you know he must know every band on the east coast supposedly so Kevin is, like, confused, but you can see that, like, he's, like, looking at his friends and he's, like, kind of starting to catch on. So he sends his friends to go ahead and he tells Violet he doesn't, like, usually do this, but he's got a feeling about her. And he's going to listen to her tape and he's going to see what he can do. Oh, my God. This is, like, what they warn you about when you move yeah. to a big city to be an artist. Mm-hmm. You got you to gotta vet people. You got to have meetings in right. broad daylight and offices. Oh, my God. Yeah. So she thanks him. Is like, great. This was uh, way easier than I thought. <laughs> and he starts to ask her out to coffee when his boss comes out and is like, what am I, your fucking maid? Like, you left your apron, blah, blah, blah. And Kevin is, like, pretending still that he's the manager and is like, I told you no more backtalk. Like, don't make me fire you. And, of course, you know, the truth comes out. He is but a lowly fry cook in this club. So he turns back to Violet, does introduce himself for real, and she's like, cool. And I just made a complete fool of myself. Um, Goodbye walks away and kevin calls after he's like i promise i was gonna tell you i think (laughs) he he might have done this before (laughs) yeah possibly a few times i don't love that this seems to be like a a thing that he does i'm like hey maybe let's not yeah so basically kevin follows violet on her walk home and he's like oh you were throwing yourself at me and violet's like i was pretending to be sweet and innocent so you'd be nice to me Violet has a fire to her. She's not, like, dumb. She's not falling for shit. So she understands that he was just being, like, a jerk. Yeah. She has no remorse about, like, being pissed off about it. So Kevin's like, well, we've been walking in a circle. Are you lost? And Violet tries to get rid of Kevin. Um, He's like, let me guess. You're from a big city like Chicago. And she's like, I'm really – I'm going to say goodnight. I want you to say it back to me, okay? And he tells her that he actually does know some people in the music industry, and she makes a comment about how he's been staring at her ass for the last 30 minutes, and he said it was actually the first 15. So there's a lot of banter going on, a lot of beginnings of flirtation. Yeah. So um, Violet is trying again to drop off her demo, and she's not getting anywhere. Um, I think it might be because she has a tape. And even in the year 2000, I can tell you that a yeah. tape a tape ain't getting you nowhere, bro. You know what I mean? Like, 
Oh my gosh. You got to invest in a, in a CD burner at this point. Yes, she'll get there. She'll get you there. Um, the receptionist says if she wants to get her songs heard, she has to go to open mic night like everyone else. And Violet does spot a flyer for an open mic night at um, Arlene's Grocery, which is a real yeah. place, right? Yeah. It is. It is. Yeah. If I'll be damned if I haven't gone to Arlene's Grocery to see a man play in some type of band (laughs) that I was supposed to support. (laughs) Oh my gosh. It's like uh, you could do one of those TikToks where it's the Olivia Rodrigo sound where it's like, all the things I did just so I could call you my award. Arlene's Grocery. Um, Rockwood Music Hall, yeah. um, Bowery Ballroom. Yeah, she plays at the Bowery. Um, yeah, yeah. The Bitter End. Yeah, the Bitter End. That's the one I was thinking of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So at uh, at the famous Arlene's Grocery, Violet shows up to kind of check it out, and she's like, "Oh, I'm sure. Like you're totally booked up." The manager's like, "Actually, one of my regulars called in sick, so like you can go up in like ten minutes. You know, bathroom's back there if you want to go throw up." And she's she's like, like, I do. Thank you. (laughs) Yes. Thank you so much. So Violet gets on stage with her guitar. She's clearly very nervous. And there's some like douchebag in the audience who's just like, yeah, like sing for us, baby. Like you're going to make us wait. Just being like so rude and heckling her. She, of course, gets super thrown and runs off stage. Quite a devastating moment for her. And what happens next? She just wants to go home and lay her head down. So obviously someone broke into her apartment, bashed all of her stuff, of and stole her money out of her freezer, you know? Yeah. Um, just girly things, you know. Yeah. <laughs> she might be at the lowest point of her life. Mm-hmm. So what does she do? She goes to a diner. And let me tell you, I miss diners, okay? The casual mm. night visit to a diner when people could casually eat inside. So Violet goes into the diner, and the waiter is like, hey, cheer up. It looks like someone ran over your dog. <laughs> She's just not having a good time. She pulls out yeah. some crumpled bills, and she's like, do you have pie? And he's like, hey, lucky for you, we have the best French apple in town, and it's on the house. He's like, this woman is about to off herself at the bar. <laughs> like, I need yeah. to de-escalate. <laughs> yeah. So Violet looks over at the other girls who are having maybe the best night of their lives. Yeah. And they're just like three gorgeous women um, who are betting on what Miss Jennifer from Austin said her favorite movie is. And they're looking at this Playboy magazine. And Cammy wins. She says that it's saving Private Ryan because she's dressed in like cargo pants in her yeah. um, spread. Yeah. So the Tyra Banks, a.k.a. Zoe, um, <laughs> love that she's in this movie. She did so good at this role. Um, oh, yeah. But she gets up. She tells Romero to blast the music and she dances along to I Got the Power. And it's a good scene because she it. is really giving it to us. So Violet asks Romero if he knows the girls. And he tells her that they always stop by morning around this time. She's curious. She's like, they hookers? Because <laughs> <laughs> clearly a beautiful woman up at 3 a.m. in a scantily clad outfit is a hooker. <laughs> mm-hmm. Romero tells her they're coyotes, all right? And he gives her the matchbook that says the coyote bar so 
That's her clue. Mm-hmm. Back at the table, Rachel tells the girls they each made 300 tonight. And she asks Zoe if she's sure she wants to go to law school. I'm just like, yep, I'm, I think she's sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, but still, really good money, really good night. Especially in like 2000. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Each, like each, though, like it was popping yeah. that night. Okay. Absolutely. <laughs> so, but uh, Gary makes a toast as always last week as a coyote. And she tells them she'll never forget them. So it's a really sweet moment between uh-huh. the girls, but obviously. Zoe's going to be leaving. It's so wild that um, for any of our Sex in the City fans out there, that Rachel is played by the same woman, uh, Bridget Moynihan, who plays Natasha. Yes. Big's like 25 year old wife. There she's like so classy and like put together, like always in like Ralph Lauren. And here she's like cutting a dude's ponytail off and like shaking her ass on the bar. I love to see the range. Yes. So the next day, Violet goes to the Coyote Ugly Bar, and she meets the owner, Lil, in the stockroom downstairs, and she's like, oh, I heard you might be having a job opening, and Lil looks her up and down, and she's like, let me guess, Piedmont, North Dakota, and she's like, South Amboy, New Jersey, same thing. (laughs) Lil is very much like a badass, tough as nails, like super blunt woman yeah i love her she's like so cool she clearly takes no shit (laughs) definitely definitely so she asks violet if she doesn't need drugs and like checks her arms for track marks and asks about the scar on her wrist and violet's like oh it is a burn from the pizza oven and i also have burns on my hands and wrists from my pizza slinging days so (laughs) does that mean that i someday too will sell a a song to uh leanne rhymes i hope so i hope that's where it's taking me (laughs) and violet is kind of like over this rigmarole because everyone has played her in new york except that nice man who gave her pie so she's like are you really the owner? Because the last thing I need right now is a waitress on a power trip wasting my time. And this gets Lil's attention. So she's like, mm-hmm. all right, you start Friday. Your audition begins at 11. And Violet's like shocked that that worked. And she's <laughs> like, okay, on the risk of pushing my luck, why are you hiring me? And she's like, the average male is walking around with a toddler inside his pants and you look like a kindergarten teacher. It'll make their kids go wild. Like, oh my God. gross, gross analogy. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, the next uh, night, she goes to Coyote Ugly. And the bouncer asks for her ID when she walks in. And she tells him that she's here for work. And this is the beginning of one of the most iconic scenes in Coyote Ugly. Yes. Yeah. Uh, he tells her that it should pick up in about an hour. So to go on in. And I noticed that he was reading a college textbook. I think it was like Intro to Physics. Yeah, I was like, nice. Yes. Uh, But the bar is packed, packed with Ted's. It's like Zoe, Cammy, and Rachel are on the bar dancing. Everyone cheers, and the girls do a trick where they like set the bar on fire. Oh my god! Terrifying, absolutely terrifying. Casually <laughs> does arson tricks, like, <laughs> like that cannot be that cannot be legal, what? right? Like, there's like, no way that that is fire safe. How are their pants not burned? I'm just like so confused. Oh, yeah. I did learn uh, in the commentary that they did spray like a fire retardant on the pants because they mm. would have oh. fire. They had like bell bottoms, so that makes sense. But they 
they were constantly scared that they were going to catch fire. Oh, yeah. Rightfully so. But <laughs> <laughs> so Violet is about to leave. Like, she's clearly not having it. It's not her scene. But Lil sees her and she stops her. She asks her where she's going. She's like, I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> I'm right here. I'm ready. Okay. Lil brings Violet behind the bar for like an impromptu makeover. Totally like rips off the sleeves of her shirt. Totally rips off like the bottom half. It's a crop top now. <laughs> Just seamless. Yeah. Just seamless <laughs> ripping. Like nothing. Okay. So she's a master. Basically, she has her shake out her hair. She's ready to go. She tells her she can learn a lot from Rachel, actually, you know, even though they turn and see her totally cutting off a guy's ponytail. Yeah. Casually. Wild. You know, it's a wild, fun time. This is your role model. Yeah, Lil says uh, the court ordered her to take anger management classes after she pummeled a customer for touching her ass. He pressed charges. I gave her a raise. Cheers. Love that line. This is actually... um. When feminism was invented, uh, was right here. I've heard that. Yeah. 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 Very subtly. So Lil tells Violet that she only has two rules. Number one, don't date the customers. And number two, don't bring any boyfriends into the bar. She has to appear available, but never be available. And that's when Lil gets on the megaphone and introduces their new girl. She does not want to use the name Violet, so she goes with Jersey an ex-kindergarten teacher and former nun who escaped from the convent and is tired of being the only virgin in New York City. Obviously, the men eat this the fuck up. So Violet has her audition. A guy keeps trying to order legit cocktails. She's like, we don't have like tequila mix or we don't have the mixer for margaritas. Like we can't do white Russian. Like it is a bare bones bar. They have Jim, Jack, Johnny Red, Johnny Black, and Jose. So he's like, I'll have a beer. <laughs> and Violet meets Cami, the Russian tease. She's like, I'm the Russian tease. And Rachel is the New York bitch. Except Rachel really is a bitch. And I am really a tease. And then Lil comes by and she's like, you're not a tease, Cami. You'd have to not have sex if you were a tease. Um, <laughs> but... A guy orders a shot of tequila for himself and Violet, but she's like, oh, sorry, can't drink tequila, like, got too fucked up last time, da-da-da. And Rachel and her big mouth are like, did you hear that, Lil? Violet's refusing your good booze. (laughs) And she's like, no, I was just suggesting that he buy me a double. So she has to drink a double tequila, a tequila double. What the fuck? Oh, I would be oh drunk. God. I would be like done, <laughs> done, done, dead. I would be ill. I'm like through this recording realizing how similar I am to Violet because I also don't drink tequila because it makes me like sick immediately. Yeah, I don't drink it. Oh God. I was at a bar like two weeks ago and this guy like ordered a round of shots for our table and he was like tequila shots for everyone and I just very subtly whispered to the waiter. I was like, can you make mine a gin shot instead, oh. please? And he was like, you're a psychopath, but yes, I can do that. I was Thank, like, Thank you. you. <laughs> all right. I can't do tequila, but I'll take a ginny tea any day. All right. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. This is a gin household. So I'm with you on that. Damn. I love a tequila shot. <laughs> yeah. I was like, can't relate. Can't relate. Can't relate. <laughs> but um, another guy orders eight different shots. So 
Violet's like, I don't even know what the fuck I'm doing right now. Yeah. I guess he ordered like a 60-40 mix of like two different liquors and Cammy like yeah. gets that right out to him. Mm-hmm. Violet's in way over her head. Yeah, and I, I will note that she, even though she does it like flawlessly, I mean, there's a lot of ways to look on that bar. I'm like, girl. Oh, yeah. Oh, there's so much waste. Like, Just in general, though. Yeah. All I can think <laughs> of. like pouring it into people's mouths. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they clearly Inventory's a wreck for this place, okay? Like, the amount of ice that just ends up thrown <laughs> from buckets on the ground. Wet. Have you ever seen Bar Rescue? Yes, I've seen them. No. They, like, totally turn around bars. Yeah. Okay. I just, I could not stop thinking. Maybe it's because my boyfriend's obsessed with Bar Rescue right now, but I could not stop thinking about the guy, John Taffer, coming in and being like, this place is fucking wasting booze. <laughs> and he... <laughs> Please just look up a clip from Bar Rescue and you'll get what I mean. Yeah, he would have a field day (laughs) with this bar. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. (laughs) So a guy orders a scotch and a water. And um, this is the famous, you know, do we serve water with our whiskey? The only water I serve has barley and hops in it. So the big chant, hell no, H2O, comes on and... We assume since, you know, they don't serve water that she's spraying soda on the crowd. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and they're all screaming, hell no, H2O. This is a cue for the girls to get up on the bar and start dancing. They're playing like Devil Went Down to Georgia. So some major clogging is going on. It's intense. Yeah. I literally only know that song because of Guitar Hero. Because it's the song you have to play at the very end of the yes. game. <laughs> um, but uh, Lil tells Violet to get up on the bar and you'll join in. So basically Violet's like, not me. <laughs> I can't do that. It's not going to happen. So Lil gives her a jacket back, gives her some money, pays her out. She's like, thanks for coming, girl. <laughs> so on her way out, Violet ends up breaking up a fight between these two drunk dudes. And she's like, either you can like beat the shit out of each other or you can take this $10 and go buy the pretty ladies over here around at the bar. And so the guys are like, all right, all right. And they go off. Lil sees this. She comes over and she's like, you know what? I'm going to give you a second audition. And she tells her to meet her on 6th and Hill tomorrow at noon so she can meet with their fashion coordinator. But she does tell her before she leaves, you know, I'll be shocked if you survive another night. So she's on thin ice, but things are looking up. Mm -hmm. The next day, Violet is on the phone with her dad. And he's like, so tell me about this bar. And she's like, I don't know, dad. It's like just a bar. Um, Anyways, uh, how's it going? What are you eating? And he says he's eating a lot of lean cuisine as he is currently enjoying his KFC bucket. Yeah. So he then asks about her songwriting. And Violet's like, oh, fuck my tape. The Australian man has it. (laughs) Oh, that's right. Yeah, she left it with Kevin. Oh, my God. Yeah. So Violet stomps downtown. She, I am assuming it's downtown. (laughs) She goes to the kitchen to get her tape back from Kevin. And when she does, he's like, did you really write all those songs? Of course, he's like, let me get back in the zone. I'm trying to date this girl. Yeah. Um, and he kind of like mimics her lyrics. And she's like, I don't care what you say. Nothing can hurt me. And he's like, well, I actually thought they were pretty good. And before she goes, he stops her and he's like, no, wait, I want to see you again. Like, where are you working? And Violet's like, uh, I love this line. She's like, I'm a coyote. 
And if you want to see me again, you'll figure it out. <laughs> Snap, girl. Tell him. She's making him work for it. I love it. <laughs> um, so we cut to Violet meeting up with Cami. She is the fashion coordinator. <laughs> and um, they go into the store to get her some new clothes. So we basically have our first montage of the movie. It's a cute little dressing room montage. They're trying on different outfits. She gets some new clothes. And Violet gets dressed up. She looks in the mirror and she says, forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. And I'm like, girl, crap time. It's not yeah. that bad. All right, he'll forgive you. Okay? Like, Puts on her first baby tee and she's like, oh, my God. Yeah. So then at the bar, Rachel and Cammie are, you know, doing their thing and serving the customers. Some dude starts, like, grabbing Rachel's leg. So she grabs a gigantic bucket of ice and just dumps it on him. Violet, you know, keeps having to do all these shots with customers. And she's like, I don't know how you guys do it. Like, I'm already fucking wasted. <laughs> and Cammie is like, let me show you my trick. The next time you take a shot, chase it with a beer. But instead of drinking, you just spit the shot right into the beer bottle. And they'll never know. Smart. And Violet's like, Cammie, I'm in love with you. <laughs> and Cammie's like, oh, Violet. I'm not a lesbian. I played in the minors, but I never went pro. <laughs> She's like, that's that's not what I meant, but okay. Yes. Then Rachel ushers Violet back to work. She's like, this man is literally staring at you. Ask if he wants a shot. And so Violet goes over. He's like, no, thank you. I'm waiting on Lil. And she's like, this isn't a parking lot. Like, if you want to <laughs> sit here, you got to order a drink. Dear Lord. <laughs> And so he's like, okay, I'll have a glass of water. And Rachel's like, you know what to do. <laughs> and Violet picks up that megaphone and she's like, do we serve water at this bar? Hell no. <laughs> Say it louder. And she fucking blasts this man with the soda stream. I literally don't know. And yeah. obviously Lil sees, she immediately runs over and Violet's like, don't worry, Lil, no one orders water in your bar. I'm like, you are too gullible, <laughs> little really girl. Seriously. Yeah. Lil's like, this is the fucking fire marshal. And she's like, oh, I'm so sorry. He offered, he's like, let's step outside. <laughs> nice one, Violet. Nice one. They're really trying to, like, give people alcohol poisoning in this bar. They li they're trying to kill their I'm like, customers. no water? Not, <laughs> they're like, oh, you want a shot? Not a drop? Open your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> like, craziness. Uh, but, of course, you know, Violet's bummed. She goes to the bathroom to sulk. You know, Cammie comes in after her and tells her that there's a hot guy waiting for her. Ooh. You know, cheer up, girl. So Lil tells Violet that she was fine by the fire marshal and she needs to make 250 bucks tonight or, you know, she can't come back tomorrow. <laughs> I'd be like, uh. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm like, uh, <laughs> can I get like a Venmo? And <laughs> can I start like, a GoFundMe, please? Yeah, GoFundMe, please. <laughs> can I do a payment plan? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, so Violet spots Kevin and uh, he tells her, she tells him that she has to make 250 bucks and you know he offers her like the nine bucks he has on him good try good try man yeah so violet pushes it back to him she's like i don't want your money instead she pulls out the megaphone and is like 
All right, ladies, bidding will start at $25 for one night only. You get this purebred, housebroken, fully trained young stud and points to Kevin. He's like, are you fucking joking me right now? So then Caitlin Olsen, oh my God, do you realize this is her? AKA D from It's Always Sunny. Yeah, oh she's my a God. bitter. Wild. She's the one that's like super aggressive and she's like, yeah, shake it. Oh my <laughs> God. Like, I didn't recognize her with like the brown hair. You know who else is a bitter? Alex Bornstein is another bitter. End, yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. Tons of like random cameos in this movie. Yeah. So yeah, all these women start bidding on Kevin. He gets up on the bar. He's like, oh, don't make me dance. And immediately is just like stripping off his clothes, doing the absolute most. I was like, what? (laughs) This man is going to town. Yeah. Like, he is like, I was made for this role. And apparently he's like a dancer. So he had to like tone it down because he's too good, actually. Yeah. He, because he developed uh, the role of Fiero in Wicked. Like, he was the guy in the workshops. So he's like a true. Broadway West End dancer yeah so you know he's shaking his ass taking off his clothes just like Mm -hmm. gyrating everywhere the bids (laughs) keep going up and up and up we finally get to the 250 he yells sold and the woman gets up on the bar starts like licking him (laughs) immediately wow and Kevin gives Violet the cash she gives it to Lil and he's like you owe me one as if he wasn't loving every single moment of it right yeah (laughs) So at the end of the night, the girls are closing up and some drunk women are chatting with Lil. They're like, where did Coyote Ugly come from? And Lil tells them, or she asks them, did you ever wake up sober after a one night stand and the person you're next to is on your arm? And they're so ugly. You'd rather chew off your arm than wake them. That's Coyote Ugly. I'm like, devastating. (laughs) That's devastating. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So outside, Kevin tells Violet all about the divorcee mom who won the bidding war. She says she definitely owes him for that mm-hmm. one. And, you know, she asks him what he wants. So it's about 3 3 in the morning. He says, I want what every man wants breakfast. Ah. <laughs> so, so cheeky. Yeah. So cheeky, that one. So they go over to his car, which is the one. With the fake boot, so he can basically park anywhere. <laughs> Very clever. Bold. He's a savvy king. So they go to this uh, Turkish restaurant. He's like, oh, yeah, like this is the spot. This is the place for the best Turkish food in town. They go to Mamoon. Yeah. <laughs> he goes and exchanges some cash for this mysterious brown bag with the cashier. And he's like, oh, do you want to check the merchandise? He's like, no, it's okay. I trust you. And Violet's like, what's going on here? Mm -hmm. And he reveals that what he has bought is actually a Spider-Man comic. She's like, okay. And he's like, it is very valuable. It is the first appearance of the Punisher. And she's like, okay, like, that's cute. I think it's cute that you collect comic books. He's like, it's very manly and uh, sophisticated. She's like, yeah, I mean, okay, sure. So they have breakfast together and they eat it on the hood of Kevin's car. Um, And he says that one day she'll be singing a song about this very night. And she's like, when we were downwind of the trash barge, smelling the sense of the 
Gowanus Canal, you know? Every day is trash day in New York City. (laughs) Beautiful. So she tells him that she's a songwriter and not a singer. And all she's ever wanted to do is sit in the dark and hear someone great sing her songs. Um, And she talks about the first time she heard Bridge Over Troubled Water. She remembers exactly what her mom's wearing, how her hair smelled, and how she felt. Because great songs live forever. But now people are telling her Mm -hmm. she has to sing her songs herself. So Kevin asks if there's any place she, you know, would feel comfortable, you know, singing. And she says, like, the shower. (laughs) Feel that. He tells her uh, it doesn't matter how long it takes. They'll spend hours singing in the shower if they have to. Okay, Kevin. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Okay. With the lines. Like, I'm blushing. He's not even talking to me. And I'm like, (laughs) man. Yeah. Um, (laughs) So she asks to hear more about him. You know, he's from Australia. And, you know, she just wants to find out a little more about him. So he's kind of like dodges her Mm -hmm. question. He doesn't really want to open up, but uh, changes the subject. He notices the sun's coming up. So they're going to be late. Oh, and what are they going to be late for? <laughs> the fish market, of course. Yes. Uh, the wet market. <laughs> yeah. Talk about smells of the city. <laughs> On this episode of uh, My Day in a Life in New York. <laughs> yeah. A Day in My Life in New York. That would be such a good TikTok to do. And it would be like the Coyote Ugly. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Please continue. <laughs> Ideas yes. are percolating. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, he takes her to the fish market. She's like, so you are a cook and you also work here. And he's like, yeah, I also park cars at, like, this hotel. I do this. I do that. Jack of all trades, really. Yeah. She obviously does not really want to stick her hands into this giant bucket of dead fish. And he's like, well, that's a shame because we'd each get 100 bucks. So she's like, well, color me interested. They then start tossing the fish. They're basically like unloading it from this one bucket to like another bucket or something. Yeah. And these fish are huge. They're not like tiny little salmon. They're like gigantic. Yeah. It's very much like Seattle Mm -hmm. Pikes plays. Yeah. Tossing the fish. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) So after the fish market, um, they go back to Violet's apartment and Violet tells Kevin he smells really bad. And he's like... Yeah, you do too. Uh, I was going to kiss you goodbye, but I might gag. So she tells him goodnight. She goes up to her room, starts running a bath. Just need to note that the bath is in the middle of the living room. Yeah, right across from the stove. Classic. (laughs) She looks at her cash and she's like, spend it. And she decides to just go back out and spend her hard-earned money. She opens the door. And who should be standing there? (gasps) But Kevin. Just uh, waiting to knock on the door. And he's like, I changed my mind about the kiss. And they have their first kiss of the movie. He tells her to have a nice day and starts walking down the stairs. And she like jokes at him for saying, have a nice day after kissing her. And he's like, I panicked. I didn't know what else to say. And I'm like, fucking (sighs) hell, man. (laughs) You are so adorable. Yeah, I love the scene. I think it's so charming. I love a good mm-hmm. switcheroo fake out. I'm glad that 
you know, he was standing right there. I think it's oh yeah, it's very satisfying to watch. Yeah, and she said, "Spend it, right?" Like, did you not get robbed a few days ago? <laughs> <laughs> Do you not have your your shit absolutely rocked like a mere forty eight hours ago? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, mm, but okay, girl, spend it. <laughs> yeah, she's like, I don't have any student loans, and I'm like, <laughs> that's so cool for you. So then, back at the bar, it's Fleet Week. For those of you who don't live in New York, Fleet Week is when all of, like, the sailors come into town. That shit sucks. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's, like, it's a whole to-do. I guess, like, men like to do that thing where they go out. I mean, I'm sure military women do this, too, but, like, they will go out in their sailor get-up. Yes. One time a few years ago, um, one of our friends had, like, fairly recently gone through a breakup. We were at a bar. Some sailors came in in uniform. She was talking to the cute one. I'm I'm being wing woman of the year, talking <laughs> to the not cute one. There, he's like wanting to leave with his friend, but I knew that they were like talking, so I'm like flirting with this guy. I did not know about this rule, but apparently, if you like put on their hat, then you have to kiss. You don't have to, but like you're supposed to kiss them. So like. I put on his hat and he's like, well, you know that what the rule is. I was like, no. And he's like, well, you're supposed to kiss me. Is it the 1920s? Literally. <laughs> 1920s, a.k.a. 2018. Oh, oh my gosh. gosh. But uh, yeah, that was my experience with Fleet Week. Uh, can't say I'm a fan, but that's what's happening in this movie. So the girls are, you know, dancing on the bar. All the sailors are there. The cops show up and they tell Lil that she's over capacity. So she's like, all right, let's go talk about this outside. Then some dude tries to, like, climb over the bar to get his own drink. So Rachel throws him back into the crowd, tells him to wait his turn. The bouncer comes over to stop this photographer. Is that my? Is it Michael Bay? Okay. Oh what? So if anyone, like, if anyone needs to be taking pictures of women dancing on a bar, it's going to be Michael Bay, right? <laughs> Lit, yeah. Unbelievable. I saw it in the IMBG credits, and I was like, no way. That's so fucking weird. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, yeah, Michael Bay is taking photos for the village voice in the crowd. Okay. Chaos. This bar is chaos right now. Some other dude then grabs Cammy by the legs and, like, puts him on her shoulder, carrying her off the bar. She's like, what the fuck? Rachel jumps into the crowd to try and help her. Like, a fight starts breaking out. It is a hot mess express right now. Yeah, so Violet gets up on the bar. She throws ice at the crowd, does nothing. <laughs> a ton of men climb over into the bar. They're fucking – Oh, my God. They're – um, what's it called? When you break into a place and, like, you steal all the stuff. Like, overthrowing it. Like, like breaking and entering, trespassing. What's it called? Like, after, like, a big protest or something, they're like, oh, no, they're gonna... Oh, looting? Looting! They loot the bar. (laughs) They fucking loot the (laughs) bar. And there are people with bottles, men in suits, stealing booze. I don't even understand it. And so Violet does the only thing she can to... She grabs the microphone <laughs> and starts singing along to calm the crowd. What? <laughs> she sings along to the classic one way or another, and slowly but surely, people start paying attention to her rather than tearing that bar <laughs> to the freaking ground. Hey, and so the cops come in. They see the scene, too. They're like, man, you know what, Lil? Just say his last call, and we'll call it even. Have a good night. 
everyone right. loves Violet's performance that much that they forget about their own ulterior motives. And then the it's- photographer, Michael Bay, <laughs> snaps her photo for the village voice. It's so wild because it's not like she's – this isn't like a burlesque moment where she, like, yeah. riffs her ass off. She's just like, <laughs> oh, another. And everyone's like, what is that? Who is Who's she? Who's there? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Yeah. But by all means, girl. I truly don't understand it. So <laughs> Cammy tells Violet that – all the guys wanted her. <laughs> Violet says that this was like a one-time performance, but she'll have to do it every night. <laughs> so she's committed to karaoke. Yeah. <laughs> Rachel's rolling her eyes. She's pissed. And she says all she did was sing along with the two bugs. She's not wrong, though. Yeah, she's not wrong. She's hating, but she ain't wrong. Pretty <laughs> astute observation. Yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> So uh, Lil makes Violet a full-time coyote. It's official. She's in. Mm. <laughs> yeah. She's actually cleaning up the bar at this point, and she, like, gets, like, a, like an underwear with, like, a bottle and just, like, tosses it in the trash. Oh, and, like, yeah. why are people shedding their undies in this bar? So many questions. Yeah, I think, well, Lil actually says about Violet's performance – She's like, there wasn't a dry seat in the house. Yeah, like, yeah. Ew. Was, it's yeah. so intense. Oh, Lord. She said that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so after that delightful moment, uh, Violet calls Kevin. She shows up at his apartment. He's like, what's wrong? You said it was an emergency. She then kisses him, and she's like, I had a good night, and I wanted a good night kiss. Mm. So she leaves, and she's like, have a nice day. Truly having her main character moment. Yeah, she's like on a spree. Her luck is turned around. She heads up to her roof and plays her guitar. Mm -hmm. And then suddenly she hears rap music playing from the apartment across the street. And there's a guy like b-boying in his apartment. (laughs) Beautiful apartment, by the way. Yeah. And she starts like singing along to the beat and like punching up her song, making it more exciting. She kind of like does like – uh, thing on the piano. She plays around in that way that um, pianists do. There's nothing I could possibly have in my brain to describe what she's doing, but she like really makes the song more exciting. It kind of reminded me of uh, Camp Rock when she's like, oh my <laughs> she's really good. Um, <laughs> yeah, the song yeah. she's playing is right kind of wrong, and it's actually a banger. I love the song. Like, I can listen to it on the regular. Mm. I believe that Leanne Rhymes like did all the vocals. Yeah, for they her. matched up their voices. Yeah. She would watch the scenes yeah. and just sing along to Piper. Um, so it is all Leanne Rhymes for sure. She's a hit. I was listening to some Leanne Rhymes to get into the mood for the recording. I love it. Yeah, big fan. Bob's all yeah, definitely so good. So next, uh, Kevin brings a blindfolded Violet with her guitar to his apartment. Yeah, I thought it was a comic book store As at did first. I. Right? I was like, this, this like, can't be an apartment. I'm so confused. Yeah. <laughs> but it's cool. Yeah. Um, He has a bunch of, like, celebrity mm-hmm. cutouts in a fake crowd standing there. We got, like, JFK and, like, Marilyn Monroe. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, he's got the whole crowd there. So... <laughs> Uh, he asks what her stage fright feels like. And she says, like, the only way she can really explain it is if she, like, shows him. 
and she like makes him really nervous. Oh my god! So okay. she gets super seductive at this point. She gets up. Yeah. She walks through the cutout. She starts like taking off her clothes, and I will note her entire outfit matches. Yes, it's all that same shade of violet. Yeah, violet. Okay, like everything. Like yeah, points for that. So she walks through the cutout. She's taking off her clothes. She's talking about how her heart starts to race and. You know, her body starts shaking and everything starts getting cloudy. I was like, oh, my God, this is so <laughs> yeah, steamy. Yeah. It took a turn for, yeah, the yeah, steamy. The, the after dark, if you will. So he asked her how long it lasts and she says, all night, baby. <laughs> all right. <laughs> so so we, we get it. It cuts. And the, yeah. the scene they cut to, let me say that shot there, that carefully placed sheet <laughs> yeah. on Adam Garcia. Was, uh, oh my lord. Okay, they did it for the girls and they did it for the gays. All right. <laughs> he looked great. Yeah. He looked so good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So Violet, meanwhile, is all wrapped up in a sheet, you know, playing a little song on the keyboard. Kevin comes over and takes a look at her guitar and asks what the initials are for. They're for her mom. Lynn Marie Sanford, who passed away. And Violet tells him that her mom also moved to New York when she was her age to become a singer, and she got pretty close to making it. And Kevin asks what happened, and she says that she had stage fright just like Violet did. She hated Mm -hmm. the stage. So Violet asks if he really wants to hear her sing, and he's like, just tell me what I have to do. So she asks him to disappear So he turns off the lights, blows out the candle, sits down, and she does sing a little number for him. It's very sweet. But honestly, like, that's way more terrifying, I think, just singing in front of one person than, like, 50. It's more intimate. You're, like, making full eye contact with them. I think that's, like, super vulnerable. 100%. On a stage, like, people are just, like, far away. But, like. The lights are on. You can't see anything. Mm Mm-hmm. So after this sensual night together, we get a montage of Violet. She is on her shit. She is working on her songs. She goes to the electronics store, buys a Mac, okay, so she can finally burn some CDs. Very Elle Woods of her. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Um, She works on slinging her bottles behind the bar. She goes on dates with Kevin. Like, her New York dream is really starting to come to fruition. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think they even have clips of them doing, like, this cute little, like, baseball tournament with, like, the Coyotes. Yeah. Like, Cammy's getting, like, super seductive with the bat and just, like... Where are those shots? I want to see the baseball game. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah. So, Violet goes to visit her dad in Jersey at the toll booth and asks about the car she came in. And more importantly, what guy it belongs to. Mm. So, she borrowed Kevin's car, clearly. (laughs) She says he's just a friend. And Bill asks about the bar work she's at and the bar she works at. And if there's any bankers having martinis after work. And... Mm. She basically is like, that's my cue to go. So she's like, God bless. My God. <laughs> and I will mention, doesn't he like get rid of like a McDonald's bag? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. She brings him like a lunch or something. Yeah. Yeah. Like, dad, just old habits die hard. So then Kevin and Violet are hanging out at this record store. 
And Kevin tells her that he got her a gig at this club where a lot of industry people go. He's friends with the manager and he owes him a favor. So Violet is booked for Thursday night. And she's like, oh my god, but my stage fright. And he's like, well, you perform at the bar all the time. He says that she's been making progress and a few more nights at his place she'll be cured. That's not how it works, but okay. Yeah, literally not at all. (laughs) So she asks why he won't just give it up. And he's like, I've been giving up on everything my whole life. It's a nasty habit and I want to break it. And he says that she's going to sing at the club or else he'll never kiss her again. It's going to be a pretty long, cold winter. And she's like, well, obviously I have to do it then. And I'm like, yes, you do. Look at that, man. You got to. The next night at the club, Zoe visits the coyotes. They make her get up on the bar. They douse each other in pitchers of water. Like Zoe is in her nice little lawsuit um, blazer situation, and she's getting doused with a pitcher of water. <laughs> yeah. Then who should show up but Violet's father asking for her? He sees her dancing, immediately pissed. Her daughter is literally being, like, doused with two pitchers of water while, like, kneeling on the bar. It's not a good look for anyone. Yeah. Like, it's hard to recover. So (laughs) Violet runs off the bar, and she's like, it's not as bad as it seems. Like, the guys come here to see me sing. Sweetie. (laughs) Yeah. You're so naive. (laughs) So she asks him to say something. You know, he tells her – the guys are putting her picture in the booth. The picture that Michael Bay took. Later. Right? Of course. <laughs> he shows her the paper that she's featured in. And, you know, he's like, I gotta go. You know, it's too much for him. Violet tells him it's just a bar, you know. And just he, she asks him to trust her, you know. She got it. But he tells her that she's still his daughter, you know. And it, it's a lot to take in. So, so Violet calls her father and leaves him a voice message that night about you know how she'll need to come over and finally do that laundry she's been avoiding <laughs> so, yeah um and she lets him know she's playing at a club tonight so you know she's trying to reconcile here mm-hmm. so then the next night all these women are dancing on the bar like customers and they're just like throwing bras all over the place i guess it's like underwear night or something i don't really know there's underwear everywhere (laughs) oh yes i did i did notice this johnny knoxville i saw that too as a cameo yeah okay Okay, so apparently that was based off of the director's experience at the bar he saw two dudes like totally freak out about being there and it's kind of like just like he wrote it into the movie oh cool cool yeah so uh Violet tells Lil that she can only stay for two hours. Like, remember, I have somewhere to be. I have to be out by 10.30. And Lil's like, yeah, 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 I got it. Meanwhile, Kevin is waiting for Violet at the club. She's still not there. The two hours pass. Violet tries to leave again. And Lil is like, absolutely not. We are way too packed for you to go anywhere. Sing for these people here. They came all the way to see you. There's a line halfway around the block. Like, no. You're not leaving. And Violet's like, what if I just walk out? She's like, well, if you were leaving, you would have been gone by now. Yeah, she's pretty devastating to be like, oh, yeah, you can leave at 1030. Psych. Just kidding. You can never fucking leave. (laughs) Oh, God, yeah. Someone get the Department of Labor. Yeah. (laughs) And um, 
the health department and the fire department down here because I'm sure there are many violations. Someone called the fire marshal. One call, the that's sheriff. all it would have taken. She could have been out of there. Yeah. So at the club, um, Violet calls Kevin and she's like, Lil won't let me go. He tells her to just walk out and that Lil doesn't own her. So Violet is really stuck in the mode of being a coyote. She's finally found this accepting place where she can work. And she just apologizes. She's like, I'll call you tomorrow. Hangs up. So Kevin has to do the fucking work of telling his friend who he convinced to put her in this gig that she won't be showing up. And he's like, what are you talking about? Like, now I have an empty spot. And Kevin's like, I know. I'm sorry. I got to go. And he's like, no, no, no. We had a promise. And Kevin, sweet Kevin, has to give up his copy of the Spider-Man comic book that features the Punisher for the first time. Oh, poor Kevin. He loses it. All for a girl. Poor Kevin. (laughs) Men, a lady will never, a lady will never show up to the gig causing you to not fucking lose your comic book. Oh my God. This is our first ever men, a lady will never. (laughs) Yeah. So Violet is, performing on the bar with Tammy um, and some drunk dude I think it's like a regular he like climbs up on the bar mm-hmm. and uh, that's when Kevin enters and and basically Violet's telling him to like get down take it easy this guy's pretty drunk but it's just another night at the bar so no big deal but after Kevin sees this you know he runs up and he pulls the dude down to the ground and they get into like a brawl <laughs> okay like yeah it's like a full-on fight um lil calls the bouncer over to like break him up and kevin totally slams the dude into the jukebox yeah so violet runs over and she says he's just a regular they're just having fun and lil has the bouncer just drag him out Mm -hmm. so violet follows kevin outside and She's like, what is your problem? I'm sorry for not coming tonight, but like, you know, what can you do? And he tells her that this place is a joke and that the guys only come to see her shake her ass. She's like pretty fucking harsh. Yeah. He says he's just asking her to try and like maybe he shouldn't have pushed her so much to like try and perform in front of people. Yeah. And it's like you can be like upset that she like missed the gig, but like you don't have to like low key slut shame her. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It escalates. It goes into some territory that I really don't love. Yeah. Yeah. She then, you know, turns it around on him and she's like, well, when's the last time you pushed yourself to do anything? And he says that some of us don't have that luxury. Yeah. And so Violet escalates the situation further. She mocks him and is like, what were you in jail? Did you get kicked out? Like, whatever. Um, You know, why did you run away from home? And he's like, I don't have a home. My dream was just to live here on my own two feet. That was my dream. And at least I did it with a little bit of dignity. So we find out he like when i mean i think he was a foster kid yeah i'm assuming but yeah we definitely get like maybe the most dramatic moment of the movie Mm -hmm. and violet's like did i not do what i did with dignity and he's like why don't you unbutton your blouse and show some skin and maybe you can figure it out he's not cute at this moment i don't like it he's not cute he's very ugly So, yeah, we were making good progress. You, like, went from trading this, like, valuable thing as, like, a nice gesture to then, like, 
Slut shaming your girlfriend? Come on, man. Uh, I'm gonna blame mm. it on 2001, but <laughs> it's a period piece. It's a period piece. <laughs> it's a period piece. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we cut back to the bar, and Lil is pissed about Kevin making a scene at the bar. She tells her, um, tells Violet that she's fired girls for a lot less than that. Violet's like, oh, so like. I can't have a boyfriend now. She kind of gets a little attitude with her, you know? She's like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Lil tries to explain to her that, like, this place is her home, you know, and she's not willing to risk it on, you know, her personal life. It's it's business for her, you know? She lives, eats, and breathes this bar. Yeah, truly. Violet says she works her ass off for her, and they're supposed to be friends. And I'm just like, Miss Violet, girl, she's your boss. She's not your friend. (laughs) She, at the end of the day, yeah. We are all just cogs in this capitalist machine at the end of the day. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) So um, Lil says they were never friends. She's her boss and she knows the rules like everyone else. So it's fair. Violet tells her just to stop with the rules. It's a bar. She's right, but also she's not right. It's like it's lit. It's Lil's bar, okay. And yeah, you gotta pay some respect. So mm-hmm. Lil hands her her guitar yeah. case, and she's like, "And why are you so upset? If it's just a bar, yeah, yeah." Points were made. So Violet goes home. She cries in her bedroom. She looks at pictures of her and her mom. She goes up to the roof. She sings this. The sad ballad by Candlelight. It's oh a very Lord. emotional moment. I don't know what song she's singing, though. I think it's called... I don't know either. Um, Please Remember. I think they play it at the end during the credits. Yeah, it, it sounds like a Sarah McLaughlin Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. <laughs> like, her range in these yep. songs are crazy. But, uh... And how those candles are staying lit on a rooftop is beyond me. Many are asking. Yeah, whenever I see scenes like that, I just think of the character, like, setting that up, like she would have been in tears like carrying <laughs> yeah. just arms full of candles just an arm full of candles <laughs> yeah yes. so we get a little montage violet sitting on the subway watching a couple making out wow young love <laughs> kevin staring off by the brooklyn manhattan bridge i don't know it kind of looks like he's in dumbo i'm confused yeah but he is staring off longingly mm-hmm. yeah the cinematography is good with that one um yeah. <laughs> but um violet goes to gloria's wedding in the next scene and she asks her how she feels to be missed molinaro and says that he's the perfect choice for her first marriage so she's a realist we love it <laughs> yes and actually the actress Melanie, she's from New Zealand. Wow. So she worked with uh, a dialect coach to get the Jersey accent. And I think it was half bad. It was pretty good. good for her. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think she did really well. She's so yeah. talented. So mm-hmm. Bill comes up to her and gives her some cash. Uh, he says he can't go because he has to work the graveyard shift. So Gloria says that you know he can't leave without her getting a photo of him and Violet at her wedding so she like makes them get up and pushes them together for a photo and it's a little awkward but but they do it for her and uh they go up to dance yeah so Violet asked her dad if he's really leaving because he has to work or if he just doesn't want to see her and he says that if she needed money 
she should have told him. He would have found a way to take care of her. Mm -hmm. But she's like, Dad, you can't even take care of yourself. Savage. You're not even wearing socks. He's not, (laughs) you know, admittedly. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And she tells him to just admit that he needs her and that he doesn't like that she moved out. And he's like, that isn't it. And oof, this, this one is harsh. He says that for the first time in his life, he was ashamed of her. And he didn't know that that was possible. Mm-hmm. And then he walks away. Oh, my God. It's fucking brutal. My God. Here. Yeah. Yeah. We do see in the next scene that Violet is trying to get into her apartment while Kevin calls her. She's like unlocking her many locks and he's leaving this message yeah. asking her to come with him to unload the fish trucks. But since she's not picking up, you know, he'll call back because he hopes one day she'll want to talk to him. And she makes it inside just in time to hear him hang up. Devastating. Ugh. So Violet gets another call. Who is it? The fucking medical center. Her father has been in an accident. Literally. What? Yeah. <laughs> what is that scene? I'm not a fan. Okay. And like growing up, honest to God, I kind of thought he had like a heart attack. Well, uh, well yeah. That's, they, they were setting that up the entire well, movie. Right. They're setting it up for a yeah. heart attack. And then he gets hit by a car. And I'm like. Yeah. Which they kind of foreshadow that when she goes to visit him, she almost gets hit by a car too. So they're like, it's a dangerous workplace. No. Yeah. But um, they definitely switched it up on that one. I was like, mm, okay. Yeah. But, but she's at the hospital and the doctor tells Violet that like her dad's in recovery. He's he's going to be okay. But he did, you know, get, by, get hit by a car at work and um, they had to repair some damage. Uh. And, you know, he's going to pull through though. So... He's okay, but uh, cut to Gloria showing up in her wedding dress. Okay, it is still Gloria's wedding day. Yes. Oh, my God, but friend of the year, right? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I can guarantee you right now she will be nominated for Best Friend at the Stardazzle Awards next year. That is correct. happily announce that category, okay? (laughs) (laughs) I will rent the tugs. I'm I'm there. I love what I'm hearing. (laughs) Uh, Yes, yes. (laughs) (laughs) The Stardazzle Awards are one of my favorite parts of this podcast. It was so good, Uh okay? Thank you. We had so much fun doing them. It felt so good to have people like it because it was like literally an idea that we came up with. We're like, (laughs) we're gonna fucking do it. Genius, genius. And um, it was like just a few months ago. So like the idea of waiting for the next one next year, I'm like, oh. (laughs) It's gonna come sooner than we think, though. Like 2021 is like already basically over. Don't tell me that. <laughs> I, know. I know. I'm like biting my nails. It's August already. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Gloria is definitely Frengles. <laughs> but uh, mm-hmm. she says something that's really nice. She says, you know, Danny's been in her family for five minutes, but Violet's been there her whole life. Yeah. I want more Gloria in this movie. Yeah. Yes. There are some deleted scenes on the DVD that did feature <gasps> a little bit more Gloria. She did kind of go oh my God. back oh my to God. Jersey for a visit and, you know, talking to Gloria. But... I have to buy this DVD. <laughs> They're like, we need the water dance to be five minutes long. So sorry, Gloria. <laughs> so then Violet goes in to see her dad in the hospital bed and he tells her that he's sorry and she tells him that she loves him and he's like, oh, you know, I never thanked you for that dance. Aww. And she holds his hand and tells him it's going to be okay. 
So even though, you know, they've said some things, they've done some things, none of that matters. Yeah. Back at home, Violet comes home to her apartment and there is a mountain of demo tapes all returned to Sunder. She just dumps him down the fucking stairs. She's like, I don't want to see it. It's not for me. She goes inside and deliberates about calling Kevin, but eventually decides not to. Yeah, yikes. So meanwhile, Kevin is bringing a woman into his apartment. It kind of seems like it could be like a date situation. We don't get much context here. All we hear her is like just complimenting the apartment. She's really into it. So Violet is waiting by the stairs. She kind of sees and hears this and assumes it's just like a date. And just gets out of there. We were ragging on the scene for like <laughs> 15 minutes last night. <laughs> so we have the same note. It's like the, she comes to the apartment. She sees the girl. Obviously, she has to go. <laughs> There's no – like what was she waiting to do? Jump scare him? She's <laughs> yeah. like crouched behind the corner. Yeah, like why is she hiding behind the stairs? I guarantee you <laughs> – she was there for hours. <laughs> make it make sense. Yeah. <laughs> it's also because, like, in any other rom-com, the way that this would be structured is, like, she shows up, knocks on the door, mm -hmm. the woman answers while Kevin is in the bathroom, and then she's like, oh, can I help you? And Violet's like, no, um, never mind, and then leaves. <laughs> but instead, they're like, no, we're just going to have you hide behind the stairs yeah, waiting what? for him to come home. Like, no, Violet's a lurker. Yeah. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> So back at the hospital, Bill is recovering. He's eating a sandwich. And Violet's like, yeah, don't get too comfortable because once we get back home, it's egg whites and lean cuisine. And he's like, what do you mean by we? And Violet tells him that she's moving back home. Mm. She says, you know, she just can't do it anymore. The stage fright's too much. She needs to be home. And he asks her if she knows why her mom really quit music. And reveals that she didn't actually quit because of stage fright. She was actually amazing on stage. But after she gave birth to Violet, she asked Bill if she should quit. And he let her. Uh, so Bill tells Violet he's not going to make the same mistake twice. And he doesn't care how many bars she has to stand on. She's not going to come back and work for Pete. And Violet feels so like validated by her father she gives him a big hug and asks him if he's wearing cologne, tone shift. And he's like, oh, uh, just a little old spice from that redheaded nurse. You know, she gave it to me as a gift and asked me out to lunch. I'm like, I'm suspicious. This man is prostrate. Yeah, I don't think you're allowed to do <laughs> this that. This man is being uh, preyed on by his nurse. But <laughs> yeah, I digress. So she's like, Dad, are you going out on a date? And he's like, oh, I better buy a pair of socks. Like, yeah. it is a heartfelt moment. It's a nice time. But also, someone needs to check up on this nurse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where's the nursing board? Yes. So there is another montage. Violet works on her songs. She settles Bill back home. And she finds a songwriter showcase at the Bowery Ballroom. Mm. She records her song, Can't Fight the Moonlight, the hit of the movie, okay? Yes. And burns it on a CD finally coming into the century. Yeah. So. Thank God. Yeah. So Violet is working her new job. It's at this kind of a little bit more upscale mm -hmm. bar slash restaurant. Like she's wearing a uniform and everything. 
and Lil shows up. Violet asks if she has a reservation, and Lil's like, yeah, I think it's under cast iron heartless bitch. And Violet's like, oh, do you think it could be under stubborn and pig-headed? So Lil, you know, says she's sorry about her father, and, you know, she heard that she was working here from Cammie. Violet asks what she wants, and Lil says that she can come back to the bar anytime she wants. Mm -hmm. And Violet's like, thanks for the offer, but I'm okay here. And Lil's like, I figured you were never a lifer. And she says that she's married to the bar. She's the original coyote, just a small town gal trying to make it in the big bad city. And Violet's like, a small town gal. And oh she's my like, God. Piedmont, North Carolina. <laughs> Take care, Violet. Oh, it's all full circle. <laughs> yeah. So back at the apartment, Violet gets a call from the songwriter showcase and they loved her demo. And it turns out she gets a spot in the show. Oh my gosh. So easy. Yeah, it's just like that. She just had to make a CD. She <laughs> just had to make a CD. All right? She just had to buy a fucking MacBook and burn that. <laughs> this movie was sponsored by Apple, clearly. Yeah. yeah. So. We see Lil closing up the bar for the first time in three years. Her and the Coyotes and the Bouncer are all going to go see Violet's stage debut. Yes. Meanwhile, we find out the girl that came into Kevin's apartment actually bought his apartment because he's moving to Chicago. What? Yeah. And she's like, oh, I was wondering, you know, why are you moving to Chicago? And he's like... I'll figure it out when I get there, sir. (laughs) And he's about to leave the apartment for the last time when the phone rings. Man has not disconnected the line from his phone. Well, I think she's just subletting it. I don't think she's buying it. Oh, I assumed that it was like a permanent change. Yeah, I thought he was out of there. (laughs) Because she's like, thank you for subleasing me this apartment. I was like, nobody talks like that. Oh, LOL. (laughs) Yeah. That's funny. So he does answer this call before leaving and who is it but lil telling him to check his voicemail is that it no like the like the voice like the village voice oh my god yeah it's 2001 (laughs) okay so it's lil telling him to check the voice aka the village voice yes we cut to violet her dad and Gloria in the car, they're at the full booth and they're on their way back into the city. Since Bill works there, you know, he has them do a little special ring-a-ding-ding. They light up the board. They get everything all wild. <laughs> it's, it's really cute, actually. Yeah. They get past it, but Violet completely turns the car around because she can't do it. The nerves have set in. Mm-hmm. But her dad tells her, you know, she's a star and he shows her the autograph that she did for the pizza place the boss at the pizza place yeah he bought it from him he's like i wanted to have your first autograph so it's a good investment and he didn't spend three months in physical therapy to ride the state line cue the next (laughs) u-turn she's going back back to the city she just how they don't create a 20 car pileup is beyond me. I don't know. But, yeah. Uh, <laughs> they light up the boards even better than ever this time. They really give her a good, good luck hurrah. Yeah. They finally pull up to the venue, but Violet is just absolutely frozen. 
she's in a state of shock. Mm-hmm. She's going to be late, but Gloria and Bill are like, give her a little pep talk. And Gloria's like, get your ass in there. We'll park the car. Yes. So Violet thankfully makes it to her um, performance at the very last minute. And they announce her. The music starts. Violet tries to open her mouth, but she can't sing. She's like, I'm sorry. But what should happen? The lights go out. (gasps) Kevin is in the crowd. He smiles. Violet gets back on the mic, remembering the time she felt safe and comfortable singing to him in the dark. So she begins to sing, Can't Fight the Moonlight. The lights come back on. The theatrics happen. Violet sings. She goes all out. She really has the crowd in the palm of her hand. Mm-hmm. One guy in the crowd is like, shake your ass. And Rachel knocks him out. Just hits him in the face. <laughs> She's got some guns, <laughs> right? We <laughs> love to see that, that character development. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anger management is working out for Rachel. So (laughs) we cut three months later, we're at the bar and the girls are dancing in front of like a congratulations Jersey banner. They're all celebrating because turns out she sold her song. Actually, I think she might've sold a a few of her songs, but she sold them to the Lee Ann Rhymes. All right. Wild. Yes. And mind you, she was 17 when they filmed this. Leanne Rhymes? 17? 17 years old. Not even allowed. What? Not even allowed in the bar. Okay. Bro, she looks like fully 25. Oh, yeah. Apparently, when the movie came out, there was a little bit of controversy about how sexy she was dressed up. Oh, my God. Um, Because she was 17. <laughs> wow. Yeah, she didn't turn 18 until, like, crap. after the movie came out. So Her songs are also, like, mature. Right? Yeah. That's yeah. so weird. Yeah. It's very, uh, very JoJo. Jojo-esque where because like Jojo was 14 when Get Out came out she was a baby she didn't even she was like leave Get Out of my parents family room (laughs) oh my god yeah I've never felt it so hard yeah yeah no that's crazy um but yeah Liam Liam Ryan bought the music and she's the performer of it now and it's awesome because they're singing it on the bar Deanna singing it uh, Violet singing with her. It's all good times at Coyote Ugly. Yeah. yeah. So in the crowd, Kevin asks Violet, so what do you do when all your dreams come true? And she says, pay off old debts. <laughs> she gives him the beloved Spider-Man comic that, you know, she cost Aww. him. With the Punisher. <laughs> Doing right by him. Yeah. He thanks her. We then see the new coyote that they've hired. She is struggling hardcore. Rachel and Violet have like a little smile at each other. And then everyone starts chanting, Jersey, Jersey, Jersey. So she gets up on the bar and sings with Leanne Rhymes. It's a great time. Everyone's vibing. And then they have the auction. Violet says in true Coyote tradition, she's going to make every woman's night and auction off the most handsome, handsome little hottie in this place (laughs) and pulls her father up on the bar. He is so embarrassed. I think he's also with the redheaded nurse, but (laughs) Alex Bornstein bids on him. And at that point, I'd be like, (laughs) I'd be like, mommy. Because literally, she's so cool. Miss Ungermeyer, pl- harp, 
player in the, the fucking um, Stars Hollow Inn. Yay. Yes. And a bidding war commences. Yeah, I love her line that she's like, take it off, take it off. And then she's like, no, put it back on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the coyotes all start dancing with Violet's dad. It's really cute. They're showing him off. Mm-hmm. Bill's date, the nurse. She, she locked it down with Bill and she gives him the winning bid. We're not proceeding any further with this. <laughs> Sorry, Ungermeyer. <laughs> Sorry, Ungermeyer. Not today. So basically we cut to Kevin. He jokes about how Bill certainly doesn't have stage fright like her mom or her. <laughs> but uh, Violet asks Kevin what he does when he realizes all his dreams came true. And they can <sighs> And it ends. Oh, yeah. What a movie. And then a very slow song plays, which really confused me. I was like, we were on such a high, and now I feel <laughs> like I'm watching an SPSA uh, commercial. They wrote like four tracks for this movie, and that was like the slow jam. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's good. It was so good. Yeah, it's definitely a fun time. Um, I wish that I'd watched it more growing up. I feel like I only saw it maybe once or twice Mm -hmm. because when I watched it for the first time a month ago in like for the first time in like years, I was like, I remember absolutely nothing from this movie. Yeah. It's interesting because if I had watched this more, I think I would have um, delusions of grandeur about moving to New York. (laughs) Yeah. She's like, first showcase, I'm famous now. (laughs) But I really like the story. It was so similar to burlesque. Like, they're super similar. I mean, mm. Burlesque came out afterwards, but yeah. um, very similar storylines, like small town girl, big city, finds her niche. Yeah. Like, raise your voice, kind of. Yeah. It's just that mm-hmm. small town girl goes to the big city to follow her dreams type thing. Yeah. yeah. I do like that they did put a little bit of a twist on because, like, this is a story that we've seen, like, a million times. Yeah. But I do like that she was, like, I'm a songwriter and that's what I want to do. And even by the end, even after yeah. she's, you know, able to conquer her stage fright, she's still like, no, but I'm still a songwriter. That was always my plan. And she's not like, now I'm a pop star. Yes. You know? I like that mm-hmm. they kind of stuck to that. Yeah, she was pretty driven yeah. from the get-go with her songwriting. So it was awesome to see her kind of stick with that. Yeah. I love the storyline. I think, like, her character was very likable. I really liked Gloria and her dad, like, and Kevin. Um, Those, like, characters were really great, as well as, like, the Coyote girls and Lil. I just think that there were too many, like, holes. Like, I felt like Mm -hmm. there were so many cool blips of things, but not enough continuous, like, storylines to keep me, like, on track. Like, it felt too all over the place. Yeah, yeah, no, if you go back to, like, like the DVD and the deleted scenes, actually, they did, like, you can mm-hmm. tell they were trying to, like, develop some storylines, like, they kind of had something mm-hmm. where Lil kind of explains why she opened the bar and how, like, she worked for, like, her ex-husband across the street and, you know, it ended messy, so she, like, oh, wow. opened up Coyote Ugly Whoa. across the street and, like, ran him out of business and, Said she was gonna do it better than him. Wow, I would have, I would have loved to have seen that. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, yeah. And apparently, like, there was another scene where like Rachel and uh, Violet kind of get into like a tiff in the bathroom, like after the water scene. Ooh. But yeah, no, they definitely attempted to make it a little deeper, but I think they just kind of mm-hmm. cut it down to what it was, just to kind of keep it like 
focused but yeah but definitely it would have been nicer to get kind of get more backstory especially maybe on some of the coyotes like I think they had so much personality yeah like I love how they all had their own like little style Cammy was like super girly and Rachel was like tough and tires kind of wild so yeah it would have been interesting to see more of that for sure yeah it kind of feels like the movie can't decide what it wants to be yeah I feel like either you focus on this story of like small town girl moves to the big city to follow her dreams or you focus really heavily on this like coyote ugly world right yeah and develop like those storylines I felt like it was kind of like half in on both of them and I wanted it to really commit to one Mm -hmm. because it's not because even just making it longer I don't think it's like this should not be like a two-hour movie or anything like that so I just feel like they really needed to sharpen the focus one way or the other definitely because if they wanted to focus on the bar it could have been like a found family kind of storyline yeah Mm -hmm. so it just had some like focus issues and like some pacing issues. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I can definitely understand why there wasn't like a sequel. Well, Tyra wants to do a sequel, of course. <laughs> business mogul Tyra Banks wants to do a sequel. All these years I respect later. it, but if it's anything like Life Size Two, I'm rioting. All right. Oh God, <laughs> I, we have to do Life Size Two because that movie is bonkers. I don't think I can watch it again. You got to do Life Size. <laughs> one first and then maybe well yeah we gotta do life size one first yeah. but i'll watch any Lindsay lohan movie oh a queen yeah but that being said even with all those issues i still really enjoyed watching it like i think it's a very fun watch i think it's a great like yeah ladies night hanging out with the gals yes. type of movie oh, yeah and you get to dance and sing along of yeah course. yeah and like the songs are definitely like there are definitely songs you can sing along to, you know? It's not like oh, crazy yeah. musical numbers that you're like, you know, don't mm-hmm. have the range for. But mm-hmm. It's a solid yeah. soundtrack for sure. Yeah. Actually, I think this movie would be a great pregame movie before oh, you go out. Oh, you're kind of spitting. When yeah. you're like doing shots and you're like getting ready and stuff. Actually, I, I'm going to switch to that that would be the ideal mood to watch yeah the little confidence boost before you go out on the town oh most definitely i completely agree with that after i watch that movie i'm ready for like six beers and a few shots you know what i mean yeah Yeah. keep them coming i'm in my own kitchen like hell no h2o dousing water on myself I have danced on a bar and <gasps> really? I was quoting Coyote Ugly the entire time, okay? You gotta. So, you gotta. I'm ready for that. All I'm saying is, if I'm ever in New York, y'all are in Florida. Absolutely. You gotta hit up the Coyote Ugly Saloon. Yes. Okay. Yes. A little Tampa moment, <laughs> of course. Yes. Yeah. Um, definitely down to pregame <gasps> at Coyote Ugly Saloon. <laughs> Absolutely. We're gonna make it happen. <laughs> Um, shall we rate it? Yes. I'm feeling like this movie, clearly a good mood, clearly a good vibe. Um, it just lacked some, some fundamental, um, not to get too critical, but like some (laughs) fundamental movie things. Yeah. So, um, I will, for that reason, have to chop it now. I'm going to give it like a 6.5. I was also going to say a (gasps) 6.5. Yeah. Twin. Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, like, six-year-old me would have gave it, like, a nine, <laughs> you know? Right. But, um, yeah. yeah. Watching it back again recently, it's definitely more of, like, a six, seven. I would agree with 6.5 for sure. Yeah. Definitely not, you know, a pe- masterpiece of cinema, 
but enjoyable. So, and I think that's what's good about it is that it's yeah. not something that's like a thick piece. It's just like mm-hmm. easy watching, you know. Yeah, so. it doesn't take itself too seriously. <laughs> yeah, so that's good. Yes. Well, if you are in Canada, you can watch it on Disney Plus. If you are in the United States of America, you can watch it on Hulu. You know, you got no weekend plans? Maybe watch a little Coyote Ugly. It was such a pleasure chatting with you. Yeah. Oh, my God. Thank you guys so much. This was so much fun. I've been looking forward to it, like, all month. We're so glad to have had you. Yeah, it's such an honor. Yes. Thank you so much. And I just will say to listeners out there, I got a little sneaky peek on what's to come. And... (laughs) Buckle up, because it's going to be a good ride for the rest of the summer, okay? Oh, yeah. We have some very fun stuff coming up. Mm -hmm. Um, Could you please tell our listeners where they can find you, where they can follow you? Yes, certainly. Um, They can definitely catch me on TikTok, Lonely Boy Journals. Yes. Um, But I did also create an Instagram, Lonely Boy Journals, as well. So definitely go over there and shoot me a dm let's talk movies yes everyone go follow george for some amazing film content yes watch their tiktoks be amazed enjoy yes and while you're following people you should also follow us on instagram it's movies that raised us and you can follow us on twitter at mtru underscore pod Mm -hmm. and you can follow us on tiktok at movies that raised us pod or You know, you want to get your feelings, your thoughts out. You want some advice. I don't know. We're not professionals. (laughs) You can email us at moviesthatraisedus at gmail.com. Yes. And we will see you next week for our final installment of August After Dark. I'm Mo. And I'm Christina. And our theme song is by Garrett Schmidt. Bye. Bye.